Coming up next, please join us for Real Israel Talk Radio. This is episode 112. The moon shines into the night, but is not of the night. In the same way, we are a parable of the moon shining Messiah's light of the sun into the darkness of the night. It's a spiritual darkness. We are a moonshine in the darkness. Welcome back to Real Israel Talk Radio. I'm Avi Ben Mordechai, and you're listening to episode 112, part 16 in this Dead Sea Scrolls series that I'm doing, addressing some of the selected texts of the New Covenant as they relate to the general themes in the texts of the Qumran Dead Sea Scrolls regarding the calendar. In Matityahu, or Matthew chapter 16, 1 through 4, we are informed about a dialogue that took place between Yeshua, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. And this is how it reads in the New King James Version of the Bible. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and, testing him, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, Fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, Foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. And then he says, Hypocrites, you know how to understand the face of the sky, but you cannot the signs of the times. Well, what exactly did Yeshua mean by this statement, but you cannot understand the signs of the times? In order to fully grasp and appreciate these words, we're going to have to take a trip back to day four of the creation narrative in Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19. There we are told about the creation of two luminaries and the kohavim, or what is called the stars in Hebrew. These luminaries and the kohavim, or stars, were put into the rakia in Hebrew, which is translated to English as the firmament of the heavens. And from this storyline, it is generally interpreted and understood that these two luminaries, the greater and the lesser ones, control the passage of earth time, as well as meetings with our Creator, along with His festivals and His celebrations. Now, keep in mind that the storyline is written by Moses, at least evidently written by Moses, as he was writing from his Hebraic viewpoint. This being said, I want to present something that I have been processing through from the Book of Jubilees, also referred to as the Little Genesis. The work contains a unique retelling of the Genesis chapter 1 creation story in the form of a commentary. Specifically, I am looking into Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19, which involves the luminaries, 
that are placed into the rakia, again, the Hebrew word that refers to our firmament. So here in this opening teaching of Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19, we learn this. Then Elohim said, Let there be luminaries in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years, and let them be for luminaries or lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then Elohim made two great luminaries, or two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Then the text goes on to say, the stars also. Elohim set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the dark. And Elohim saw as good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now, what I have just quoted to you from Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19, is a text that has been passed down to us from what is called the Leningrad Codex, written in about 1009 of this common era and it was written in Cairo, Egypt. Of course, there is a lot going on in between the lines of this text. However, the purpose for bringing up this narrative is in order to compare it to what is written in the Book of Jubilees, considering that there are some differences between the two narratives. The Book of Jubilees is missing any mention of the moon as having any kind of a role to play in the establishing of the Moedim, or what's called the seasons in English. Moedim is a Hebrew word for divine appointments. But it is important for us to know that this word Moedim is not limited to only that meaning, referring to divine appointments. Not at all. It also refers to regular meetings from man to man or person to person. And you can see that also in many texts of the Hebrew Bible. The Jubilees narrative on Genesis 1, 14 through 19, appears instead to make only the sun the luminary responsible for divine signs. Or in Hebrew, the word is otot. Also, the sun appears to be the one responsible not just for the otot, or signs, but also for seasons, referring to the Hebrew moedim, also for days, in Hebrew yamim, and also for years, referring to shanim. To begin, let's start with a short read from the Dead Sea Scrolls 4Q216 which is part of the findings of the Book of Jubilees discovered in Cave 4 of the Qumran. And this is from Column 6, Lines 5 through 10 in the Hebrew text. I'm not going to read the Hebrew text to you, 
but I will read the translation into English, beginning with verse 5. On the fourth day, yud made the sun, the moon, and the stars. He placed them in the vault of the sky so that they could give light to the whole earth to regulate day and night and to separate light and darkness. And he placed the sun as a great sign above the earth for the days, the Sabbaths, the months, the feasts, the years, the weeks of years, and the jubilees or yovalim, and for all the cycles of the years. Then in line 9 it reads, The sun separates the light from the darkness and is the vitality by which everything that sprouts and grows in the earth prospers. Line 10 then says, These three great signs he made on the fourth day. Again, that's lines 5 through 10, translated from the Hebrew text of the book of Jubilees. Now, the claim is made in lines 7 and 8, and he placed the sun as a great sign above the earth for the days, the Sabbaths, the months, the feasts, the years, the weeks of years, and the Jubilees, and for all the cycles of the years. Using this text from the English, I want to now take us back to the Hebrew source for this translation. The claim is made in Hebrew, Hashemesh Gadol Al Haaretz Leyamim Velishbatot Velachodeshim Veliyomim Veyovalim Veyachol Tekufot Hashanim. Here is how I would translate this to English. The sun, and then I have an ellipsis because this is extracted from lines 5 through 10, and I'm only reading the first part of line 1 and then lines 7 and 8. So it reads, The sun, ellipsis, is great over or on the earth for days and for Sabbaths and for Chodeshim or months and for Yovolim, meaning jubilees in English, and all tkufot, or cycles, or circuits, of the years. Look and listen carefully at this text, and you will notice that the moon is missing from the narrative as a regulator for heavens, signs, seasons, days, and years. Well, naturally, this brings up the question, why is the moon missing from this part of the day for creation narrative, as compared to the teaching in the Hebrew Bible copied from the oldest complete manuscript of the Tanakh, that is, the 1009 Common Era Leningrad Codex, written in Cairo. In our current copies of the Hebrew Bible, both the sun and the moon are mentioned as regulators for Earth's days Sabbaths, months, and years, precisely as it is written in Genesis 1.14 and following. Again, the comparison to the Hebrew Bible copied from the Leningrad Codex. Then Elohim said, let there be luminaries, plural, in the firmament of the heavens 
to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Then Elohim made two great luminaries, the greater luminary, the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser luminary, the moon, to rule the night, the stars also. When we compare the two texts between the Book of Jubilees and the Leningrad Codex copy of our present-day Hebrew Bible, surely the lesser luminary, referring to the moon, surely it must have a part to play in the story, and, uh, might I say, with no wiggle room to interpret the text in any other way, right? No, wrong. Since the moon is absent from the text in the book of Jubilees, many people mistakenly reject what is written in the book of Jubilees, again, oftentimes referred to as the little Genesis. I propose that we have a closer look at Genesis 1.16 from both versions of the narrative, the former one from the second century before the common era, and the other from the latter one, the 1009 Common Era Leningrad Codex. Once again, the Book of Jubilees is missing any reference to the moon as a regulator for divine appointments, meaning the biblical Moedim, at least as we would understand this term, Moedim. So instead, Jubilees appears to be making only the sun the responsible one for all signs, meaning otot in Hebrew, seasons, meaning moadim, days, meaning yamim, and years, meaning shanim. But you see, in Genesis 1.16, from the Hebrew Bible, which is based on the Leningrad Codex that I've been speaking about, it is telling us quite plainly that Jehovah made the greater luminary, that is, the sun, to rule the day, and it has a Hebrew vav there, and the lesser luminary, referring to the moon, to rule the night. So why is the moon missing from the commentary and retelling of the story of the Genesis narrative in the book of Jubilees? Why didn't they include the moon? Why make only the sun this responsible luminary for all this activity involving the signs, the seasons, the days, the years, etc.? I would say perhaps we're missing the true meaning of the retelling of the Genesis narrative and interpreting it amiss. Notice carefully the described luminaries the greater and the lesser, are both given a very specific purpose. First, it states, the greater light, the sun, is to rule the day. Second, the lesser light, the moon, is to rule the night. Now, even though we read in English, the greater light rules the day, and the lesser light rules the night, I believe we are misunderstanding the meaning of the statements. You see, if we will seek to rightly divide the word of the truth and understand it correctly, then I believe there is a reasonable explanation as to why the book of Jubilees 
mentions only the sun as the only one responsible for regulating all the biblical signs, seasons, days, and years. So let's get into the text and find out what this is all about. The term rule is derived from the Hebrew word mem shin lamed, and with vowels we could pronounce this as moshal, or perhaps mashal, to suggest that the Hebrew root mem shin lamed means to rule as though one is a despot or some kind of ruling authority that you'd better do it or else, that really is misleading. Instead, I think the sense of the term is more about parables, examples, and metaphors. Permit me to illustrate. Look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. This begins by saying, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Now here, the word Proverbs is based on the Hebrew word Moshal, Mem, Shin, Lamed. So why does the book of Proverbs begin with this word Moshal? This leads us to the question, what is the book of Proverbs? It is a body of parables, examples, and metaphors, all conveying spiritual truth. This is why the Proverbs in Hebrew is called Mishle, from the root Mem Shin Lamed, or if you will, Moshal, the same term, explaining a purpose for the sun or the sunlight that we enjoy every day. Here is another usage of the word Moshal, Mem Shin Lamed, as it was used by Yeshua. This is in Matthew 13, 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. These were Yeshua's words. Now, using parables, examples, and metaphors, Yeshua taught openly of deep spiritual truth, even to some of his sworn enemies. Though the Matthew 13, 18 text is conveyed in Greek, Nonetheless, it is obvious to me that he used the Hebrew word moshal, mem shin lamed. So when you approach Genesis 1.16 and you read about the greater luminary referring to the sun, this actually fulfills the function of a parable for the day. Likewise, the moon is a parable for the night. And I believe this is at the heart of the question that Yeshua's disciples asked him, as it's recorded in Matthew 13:10, when they said to him, quote, Why do you speak to them in parables? Please look carefully at Yeshua's response in Matthew 13:11. He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Well, based on my understanding, here is how I might paraphrase Yeshua's response. Again, Matthew thirteen eleven, Because spiritual truth through the greater light for the day, that is the sun, has been given to you, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. 
But to them, spiritual truth has not been given to them through the greater light, referring to the sun, but rather spiritual truth has been given to them through the lesser light for the night, obviously referring to the lesser luminary, the moon. So the relationship that Yeshua had with his disciples is much like the relationship between the sun and the moon. The lesser light of the night is tasked with the responsibility to shine the light of the day into the darkness of the night. Put it a different way. It is clear that the sun does not shine at night because its given purpose is to shine in and for the day. Since the world is spiritually not of the day, but is of the night, therefore, it is our purpose to function as the moon in this world. Yes, you and I, we are functioning as the moon to the world. As we spiritually walk in the greater light of the day, what happens to us? We shine Messiah's light into the darkness of the night in the world, which is a world immersed in spiritual darkness and not having direct access to the light of the sun, the greater luminary. So Yeshua said in John 12, 35 through 36, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe or trust in the light, that you may become sons of light. And these things Yeshua spoke and was hidden from them. Then we can read in Matthew 5, 14, Yeshua said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Obviously referring to the new Jerusalem in the spiritual realm of Har-Sion, or Mount Sion, from heaven above. So, Shaul, or Paul, precisely confirmed the point, and he wrote about it in 1 Thessalonians 5.5, saying, You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Implying, of course, that as we are in the world, we are not of the world. So, too, the moon shines into the night, but is not of the night. In the same way, we are a parable of the moon shining Messiah's light of the sun into the darkness of the night. It's a spiritual darkness. And I think this is what Shaul was getting at when he said in 1 Corinthians 13.12, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, 
just as I also am known. So here we see that Shaul is referring to the great hope that we are waiting for the last day resurrection. Then there will be true light in the world, and that light will be the light of the Lamb. There will be no more need for metaphors like the sun and the moon. There will be no more purpose for those. So we learn in Matthew 13, 43, Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now what I want to do is take a quick break and then let's come back and continue talking about this matter. This is Avi Ben Mordechai, and you're listening to Real Israel Talk Radio. Welcome back to the second half of Real Israel Talk Radio. This is episode 112. Here is your host, Avi Ben Mordechai. Welcome back to Real Israel Talk Radio. I'm Avi Ben-Mordechai. Let's continue where we left off just prior to our break. I left off speaking about the sun and the moon and the roles that they are playing in the firmament or in the rakia in Hebrew, the roles that they are playing as metaphors for the light of Messiah shining on and in and through you and I in this world of darkness, and therefore the world receives the light of Messiah through us. We're like the moon to the world, but we are like the sun when it comes to Yeshua and the messianic light of heaven and earth. So accordingly, Paul or Shaul confirms the point in 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, saying about us, You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. But that doesn't say we're not in the darkness of the world. We're just not of it. We've been taken out of it and transferred into the kingdom of light. Accordingly, as we are in the world, but not of the world, so too the moon shines into the spiritual night and spiritual darkness of the world. But the moon is not of the night. It's only put there as part of the night to reflect the light of the sun in this world. So in other words, we are the parable of the moon in the world, shining Messiah's light into the spiritual darkness of the night in this world. And I think this is exactly what Shaul was getting at when he said in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, referring to after the great last day resurrection, when the kingdom of heaven is established on earth. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known, he says. Shaul is referring to the great hope that we have while we are waiting for the last day resurrection. That will change the entire structure of the way the world works. 
And at that time, we will be in the light and of the light. When that kingdom is established on earth, there will be no more need for physical metaphors like the sun and the moon. What purpose would they serve? The light of the kingdom of Messiah will be shining, and that's what we'll need. So Yeshua speaks to this matter in Matthew 13, 43, saying, Then, that is referring to after the great resurrection and when the kingdom of heaven is established on earth, then the righteous or the just will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So this brings up the question, what is our purpose in the world? Well, I think it's obvious we are purposed to shine the spiritual light of the greater luminary, the sun, into the spiritual night of the world's darkness. Of course, as I have said, the greater luminary of the day, that is the sun, does not shine at night. That's a given. But since we are sons of the light or children of the light and sons or children of the day, it is our job to shine with the light of the Messiah into a dark world, into a world of night, which is absorbed in spiritual darkness. However, recall the warning of the book of Devarim, or Deuteronomy 4.15 and 4.19. Guard yourselves, lest you lift your eyes to heaven, and you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all the hosts of heaven, and you feel driven to bow to them and to serve them, which Jehovah, your Elohim, has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven. Now, if your text adds something like, as a heritage, please understand that this term, as a heritage, is not in the Hebrew text. If we do signs, seasons, days, and years, according to the ways of the world, then we will show our true colors, so to speak, that we are of the darkness and of the night, when we should be showing the world that we're not of the darkness and not of the night, but rather of the day and of the light. So Yeshua spoke about this to the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Matthew 16, 1-4. Again, let me read this to you. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and testing him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, Fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, Foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. And then he calls them hypocrites. For he goes on to say, You know, how do you understand the face of the sky? Implying that, yeah, they've got that right. They understand that concept. But then he says, but you cannot understand the signs of the times. 
So what did Yeshua mean with that statement? But you cannot understand the signs of the times. I would like to give you an ostensible answer from the Qumran texts of the Dead Sea Scrolls. This text comes from the Cairo Damascus document A, column 16, line 3. The Hebrew reads, Yisrael michol ele, hine hu medukdak al sefer machlekot ha'itim. Translated to mean that to all Israel in these matters, behold, it is defined in the book of the divisions of the times. And again, there is this from Qumran text 4Q 271, fragment 4, column 2, line 5. Yisrael michol ele. Hinehu medukdak al sefer machlekot ha'itim leyovalim uv shafutehem. Translated, Israel, in all these matters, behold, it is defined in the book of the divisions or signs of the times, according to their jubilees and their weeks. So I would like you to notice the Hebrew words Sefer Machlekot Ha'etim, which could be translated as the scroll of the divisions of the times. Therefore, our best understanding of Genesis 1, 14-16, is to once again appreciate the biblical purpose for the sun and the moon. Number one, the greater luminary, the sun, is a parable and a metaphor of Messiah in us, and we are in the world. We are His sons of light. And the second point, the lesser luminary, the moon. This is a parable and metaphor of Messiah through us to a people immersed in a world of darkness. So we are the reflection of the light of the sun through the Moadim of the moon. That is the appointments of the moon. And so did Jehovah speak. He said it in Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, that is, the greater luminary, those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death. Upon them a light has shined. That light that has shined is the lesser luminary, not the greater luminary, because the world is immersed in darkness, and the sun does not shine at night, it shines in the day. So therefore we get this, as it's recorded in Luke 2, 30-32. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a spiritual light for revelation to the goyim and the glory of your people Israel. So we, through Messiah's light, that's the greater luminary, we are shining as a revelation of the divine light to the goyim. We are like the moon. And this might very well explain the dilemma as to why the Masoretic 
passed down text of Genesis 1, 14 through 18, which is based on the 1009 Leningrad Codex, why it reads so differently compared to Genesis 1, 14 through 18 in the book of Jubilees, which is based on a much earlier source from the second century before the Common Era. So this text of the book of Jubilees is predating the Leningrad Codex text that we use today by about 1,200 years. What I am getting at is that our present-day Masoretic text redaction is essentially a prophetic discourse on the same thing as the text of the book of Jubilees with one notable difference. The writer or writers of the book of Jubilees has a focus on retelling Genesis from the responsibility of the greater luminary of the day, that is, the sun, which is the metaphor for the divine light of Messiah. Subsequently, I am suggesting to you the following paraphrase as a kind of personal retelling of the Genesis creation narrative, if I were, in fact, retelling the story myself. Then Elohim said, Let there be physical luminaries as spiritual examples and spiritual metaphors in the firmament of the heavens. They, referring to these spiritual parables, examples, and metaphors, they will divide light from dark as spiritual metaphors. The sun and the moon, for their cycles of the signs, or in Hebrew, the otot, and the seasons, in Hebrew, the moedim, and the days, in Hebrew, the yamim, and the years, the shanim. Then Elohim made the two great luminaries, the greater luminary, referring to the sun, to be a parable, an example, and a metaphor of spiritual light of the day, and the lesser luminary, the moon, to be a parable or an example and a metaphor of spiritual light in the night, that is, the night of this dark world, and stars also. In doing so, Jehovah's signs, his otot, his seasons, moadim, his days, yamim, and his years, shanim, according to the defined cycles of the greater luminary, the sun. In this, we fulfill the role of Jehovah's parable in the world, or if you wish, his moshal of the lesser luminary to the world that is immersed in spiritual darkness. Messiah, our Master, our Redeemer, He is the Son. We are the moon. He is the King. We are His sent ones, His emissaries, His messengers, messengers of the Messiah. And this is what many New Covenant texts are, in fact, saying. Here's 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Messiah, as though Elohim or God were pleading through us, we implore on Messiah's behalf, be reconciled to Elohim or God. Ephesians 5.8. For you 
were once darkness, but now light in, or you could say, of Jehovah. Walk as sons of light. Acts chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, referring to the sons of darkness, and they were filled with wrath and laid hands on the messengers, that is, Messiah's disciples, and they put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel, in Hebrew, a malach of Yehovah, opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of his life, referring to Yeshua's third day resurrection life. Also, there's Matthew 17, 1 through 2. After six days, Yeshua took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And there's also this from 1 Thessalonians 5, 4-5. through 5. But you, brethren, are not in, or you could say of, spiritual darkness, so that this spiritual day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of spiritual light and sons of the spiritual day. We are not of the spiritual night, nor of the spiritual darkness. Now, I'm adding the word spiritual in there because that is helping me to express the idea probably a bit more accurately as I think the text is trying to convey. The New Covenant teaching is to walk in the calendrical light of the greater luminary, the sun. That's from day four of the creation in Genesis chapter one. Obviously, however, since the greater light, the sun, does not shine at night, because we know that's a given, we are kind of like moonshine diplomats and sent ones from the day. Kind of like, don't get drunk with moonshine, okay? But we are a moonshine in the darkness. We're moonshine diplomats. And we've been sent from the master to reflect the light of the day into the night. We, therefore, are not of the night. We're only in the night, but we're not of it. Based on this truism, let us not make the error of doing the Moedim or the divine appointment festivals that are timed to the lunations of the light faces of the moon, as the term Chodesh is often translated. Personally, I don't see any scriptural evidence that our testimony is about light phases of the face of the moon. Because it's not about how much light is on the face of the moon. It's about the fact that we are like the moon, reflecting the testimony and the light of Messiah through those moon cycles to the world. 
the world will hopefully see that we're keeping all of these interesting festivals of Yehovah. It's a tool for us to show a testimony to them. Therefore, I think this is why Paul wrote in Romans 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Elohim. So before I close out today's episode, let me give you a summary of what appears to be baked into the biblical calendar and the Moedim of the pre-exile Hebrew nation. In other words, the calendar that was used at least going back to the days of Moses. When Genesis 1, 14 through 19 tells us that Elohim made the physical luminaries and placed them into the rakia or the firmament of the heavens, he set them as parables, examples, and metaphors of all of the things that are spiritually true and correct in the kingdom of heaven. The sun and the moon were both put there to work together as signs, or in Hebrew, otot, seasons, moadim, days, which is yamim, and years, which are shanim. And if we want to break these ideas down, then as I understand things, it could be broken down in the following manner. The signs are the Hebrew otot. They would be 12 chodeshim, or monthly cycles, in one year. 8 chodeshim, or months, each with exactly 30 days. 4 chodeshim, or months, each with 31 days, meaning the extra day that is separating the four different seasons, also four cycles of 13 weeks, and four cycles of 91 days, corresponding to each rotation of the 13-week segments of the moon cycles. A total of 364 of these days come to us in a cycle of one full year. The seasons would be the Moedim. As I understand the seasons or the Moedim, they are 52 weeks of seven days each. Each seventh day of the week is a Sabbath. Seven Chodeshim, or monthly cycles, for the feasts and festivals are there to maintain our relationship and testimony of Yehovah to the world. And as I understand the days, they are 360 cycles of 24-hour days with a 12-hour day and a 12-hour night. Sometimes there are longer days or longer nights, and they are all calculated out to work within the apportioned time frame. Also with the days, there are four cycles of days called Tukufot, or Days of Transition and Renewal. 
They were called in the book of Jubilees as the days of remembrance. And finally, in the concept of the Hebrew word shanim or years, as I understand this, it's a cycle of seven years called Shemitot, a year of rest for the land. And finally, a cycle of 50 years called a Yovel, or in the Hebrew plural, the Yovelim, that is a complete reset for the people. Now, I'm out of time for today's podcast, but I want to come back and continue where I'm leaving off here, and we'll come back on next week's podcast, and let's talk further about these ideas and how they relate to the Genesis creation story in Genesis 1, verses 14 through 19, and day four of the creation narrative, and the parables of the sun and the moon and the stars. Let's talk about all this and bring it full circle to Yeshua's statement in Matthew 16, verse 4, when he says to the Pharisees and Sadducees, you know the faces of the sky real well, but what you don't understand is the signs of the times, meaning the signs of the divisions of the etim, the sun, the moon, the stars, all according to this special calendar that was developed and preserved by the Qumran sect of the House of Tzadok. If you have any questions or comments about any of these programs, please do navigate over to our website at www.cominghome.co.il. I'm Avi Ben Mordechai, and you're listening to Real Israel Talk Radio. Real Israel Talk Radio.